Blog Talk Radio. individual will operate and move forward 
So when we talk about this nature, I'm sorry, I had a glitch. Can everyone hear me? Okay, I seem to be back. So when we talk about this nature, you know, what is it? What is it we're talking about? I mean, it was so the conversation was so deep and it had me thinking so hard. I had to go look up nature, and they defined Webster in the dictionary defined nature as an inner force such as instinct, appetite, desire, are the sum of such forces in an individual. So we're talking about <clears throat> instinct, appetite, desire, are the sum of such forces in the individual. So, you know, is it really not the black woman's nature to work a nine-to-five? Is it, you know, some of the things that we do, is it our nature or not our nature? Or is it due to uh, social conditioning? And can can nature be changed? You know, that's one of the questions I have. Can the very nature of an individual be changed? And the individual I'm talking about here specifically on the black Africans in America, can that nature be changed or altered by the influences of culture? In order to fully understand that, I went, went again to Webster and looked up culture. And it says culture is the customary beliefs, social forms, and material traits of a racial group, a set of shared values, attitudes, goals, and practices that characterize an institution, a pattern of human knowledge, belief, and behavior that depends upon the capacity for learning and transmitting knowledge. So this is culture. So I begin to be, so I'm starting to formulate my, you know, in my opinion and my understanding that the nature of a thing can be changed based on the social cultural influences that uh, something is put under. Let's take, for instance, we can go to the wild. Let's look at animals in the wild before domestication. The very nature of that animal was a, was a nature of survival, was a nature of doing what it takes to ensure its continuation, and not just its individual continuation, but the continuation of its species, and, and, and more particularly, the family that that animal comes from or that that animal has birthed. But when you take that animal and place that animal in captivity, you may not change the very nature outright of that animal you've placed in captivity, but as generations and generations of animals, of that particular animal are birthed in captivity, their nature changes. And when you take them out of that captivity and try to place them in the wild, their nature, the nature that they have um, developed based upon their captivity and their dependence on their captors has, has made them unable to function independently. Though its ancestors, nature was that of independence. So I begin to come to the conclusion that the nature of a people can be changed. And I look how this applied to the African man and woman here in America, and so I would have to respectfully disagree with that brother when he said certain things on our nature. And I tried to point out to the brother that we have to be very careful because that's a slippery slope. When you're talking about, I said, to, we have to be careful to make sure we define or um, let them know there's a difference between nature and social cultural influences and phenomena. And I thought that to prove a lot of his points, he was using nature and culture synonymously. He was using them interchangeably. 
he was using them in ways that they meant the absolutely same thing. And I thought that that was really just a play on words to try to add uh, validity to his argument. And when I say argument, I mean his point, you know, that he was trying to make. And it's, it's not that. We see constantly through integration, other influences, integration to me being the very biggest one, because due to integration, we begin to assimilate. Not only did we integrate, not only did we move into their areas and begin to spend money with them and um, go to their schools and allow them to educate us directly, not secondhand through their books, and we had black teachers, but I mean, when white teachers directly begin to teach our children, then you begin to see the nature of the black man and the black woman change. You begin to see the nature of the black woman and the black man change. And listen, you know, this is Black on Radio, uh, people of Black Parent Party of Self-Determination. At any time, if I say anything that you would like to, if you disagree with or agree with or like to have a comment on, please feel free to press one to recognize you, open up your mic, because I would really like to discuss this. What do you think? What do you think? Do you think that the nature of the black man and woman here in America can be changed, or do you think this instinct that we have is um, unmovable, unchangeable, unshakable. And I, you know, listen, I'm of the opinion it isn't. I think that nature, what nature ends up doing, in my opinion, of course, I think that nature will evolve to such a degree and it will change to such a degree that it enables the person to survive. Nature is just that natural. For those of you that believe in a creator or a creationist and believe in a high, you know, an outside force outside of you, then you know we would say that I say that this is a gift. For even those that don't believe in the outside force but believe in the power of self, you have to acknowledge that this is a miraculous ability that yourself has, this nature, the ability to adapt, the ability not to be stuck into one set mode or a frame of thinking that will be detrimental to your development. I know that, and, and what I mean by development, because the way that we act now is very detrimental to our future, but what I mean by development, I mean by the immediate, um, that thing that immediately would cause some type of destruction, that would immediately cause some type of harm. The very nature of the human being is to adapt and to find ways to allow this human being to survive. And we find this in what is happening to black people here in America. A natural human being has been, was taken under unnatural circumstances and conditions, placed in a society that was unnatural. Not just, we're not just talking about chat tail slavery. We're not just talking about the atrocities that were perpetrated upon us as a people. We're talking, I'm talking about diet. I'm talking about socialization. I'm talking about education. The very thing that made us African was removed from us. The very culture that united us to tribes and united us to peoples and societies were removed from us. And when you remove that, you, how is it not that the nature of that individual begins to change? How do you avoid that? Because the thing that strengthens the nature of the African black man and woman here in America, if you want to have a natural, um, <clears throat> excuse me, 
a natural reactions or things that edify you or benefit you and build you up and you want it to come naturally, then you must go back to the resource. You must go back to that which fuels and encourages and motivates and inspires you to act in a manner that is in your best interest. To contribute to a nature of healing, a nature of productivity, a nature of rising. And in order to have that nature, you must have a culture that endorses that. There's no way around it. So the black man, though I say the black man and the black woman here in America act unnaturally, that is, and we do, that is in comparison to the original nature from study, from historical study and historical text that we find when I do a comparison when I look at how we behave now, our socialization, the treatment of our women, the treatment of elderly, the treatment of children, and just the treatment of one another, when I look at that now, to me it is very unnatural, but we see it done so regularly. And the only reason it's unnatural to me is because I'm trying to return back to an original nature. But for those brothers and sisters who haven't accepted and um, black empowerment centered philosophy and ideology, what I call a black revolutionary ideology and philosophy, who are not centered in that, what they're doing is not unnatural. What they're doing is not unnatural. And this is where I believe that our fight begins. Our fight must begin by understanding the very nature of the African man or the nature of the African man or trying to create a particular nature in the African man and woman and that being nature of resistance, a nature of empowerment, a nature of productivity. But in order to get that nature, we have to go back to the social and cultural functions. We have to go back and dig into those things that, like I said before, at the risk of sounding redundant, that encourage that and promote that. And we don't find that happening. Why? Because when the black man and the black woman begin to come into their own nature, there are things that they won't abide by. They are just things that they won't abide by. And in order for a capitalist society to exist, they must get you to abandon those things that are in the best interest of you as a person and, and, and essentially to abandon the very nature that you were created in. So now you and I run around here in, in unnatural conditions, behaving unnaturally towards one another and even towards ourselves in the things that we do to ourselves, thinking that this is natural. Even so much so to the point that we will defend with every breath in our body these unnatural actions. And that's dangerous. That is very dangerous. And this is what we have to talk about, you know, what nature is. Knowing what your nature is, knowing what will empower you as an individual and empower your people, that is the nature, and it has to be questioned. So there again, I wish, I'm trying to reach out to this brother. I would love to have him on one of our shows because I'd love to have this talk with him. You know, I understand where he's coming from. You're talking about the nature of the black man and black people don't do this and black people don't do that. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. And that's the sad part. The sad truth of it is we do do it. And it's evident in our communities daily. But it's not so much we do it. I would like for us to wonder, to ponder on, to think about why we do it. Why we do it. See, it's not enough for us just to say that I'm black. What do you always hear me say, brothers and sisters? All our skin folk are not our kinfolk. 
So black is not sufficient. Black is not sufficient. Saying that we're just going to live naturally, that we're just going to, you know, let our nature take over. Well, we've been, we've lived in so much perversity. We've become so immoral. We've become so unethical. We've become something other than what we were when we, uh, our ancestors and predecessors were brought over here, that to just think that we're going to live naturally willy-nilly without any um, change of the culture, change of the, um, our social institutes and the way that we socialize with one another is a dream. We've seen it tried before. We've seen countries in Africa gain their liberation. One of my last name is Krumah, Ghana being um, one of my prime examples. Love me some Kwame Nkrumah. So I, I love to use this as an example. But we see when independence was run and they gained their independence without a proper change of the society, proper education and judicial system, we see neocolonialism taking effect. We see how uh, other countries, mainly European countries, were able to come in and to undermine the leadership of Dr. Kwame Nkrumah. Why? Because they did not change the social and culturalization of the nation. So they began to practice a neocolonialism. One of the things that Dr. Kwame Nkrumah said in his writings is he said that I regret that I didn't change the schools nor the judicial system because the only thing you had was black faces in white places. So this relying on nature, thinking that automatically you're going to go back to some glorious ancient African time that you're just going to begin to um, enlive and embody a particular African way is ridiculous. It's dreams sold to you by those that have ulterior motives. I'm not here to sell you a dream, brother and sister. I am here to tell you the truth. Us returning back to a natural state is going to take work to get into this unnatural state, which a lot of us believe is natural, wasn't an overnight incident. It was not an event. It was a process. To take us from, you see, let me tell you, slavery began to change the nature of the black man and the black woman. When the African was enslaved, when the African was captured, he did not have or she did not have a slave mentality. They did not have a mentality of uh, uh, submission to the degree or submission to human beings to, to that degree. It was a process that they begin to change, the to change the nature of the African man and African woman, and I call that process the niggerization of the black man and the black woman. They begin to niggerize us. And niggers have a nature all their own. You've seen the nature of niggers while we're surrounded by niggers. There's no, so we, you've seen this nature. So the revolutionary must address the social and cultural conditions that create the black man and the black woman uh, or create a, the dynamic or create the mindset that the black man and the black woman here in America today live in. And that's the danger. And that's not the danger, but that's the task. How do we go about doing that? How do we go about uh, creating a culture that is beneficial to us as a people? It's the question, brothers, and it's a serious question. But the first thing, before we even begin to 
add to that question or sit down and realistically look at solutions to the problem that we face, we must realistically sit down and look at ourselves and look at ourselves. Look at the nature of ourselves. Look at the relationship between our mate and I, our wife and our spouse and I. Look at the relationship we have with our children. And then we ask, is this a natural relationship? And one of the ways that you can tell that something is unnatural, even though you may think it's natural, this is just me, my brother, you know, sister, this I am. The one way that you can tell that it's unnatural is the results from it. See, natural nature flows. It's effortless. It's just what you do. There shouldn't be any um, real contention, any real hostilities towards nature. Not saying that there's not going to be difficulties. We know in Mother Nature we see the difficulties. Man had to weather the elements. Man had to begin to learn to clothe himself and shelter themselves and um, do fire for cooking and things of this nature. So we know that the elements can be at times harsh, but they're never intentionally hostile directly, <clears throat> excuse me, directly targeting you. It's doing its nature, so to speak, right? It's, it's, it's doing what it does. So when you do what you do, when you begin, when you see these, this um, confusion with, with your neighbor or your wife or your children, then you have to begin to ask yourself, am I behaving naturally? Is this the natural behavior of the African here in America? Or am I being influenced by my social and cultural conditioning? And it's so subtle. This social cultural conditioning is so subtle that a lot of us don't ask that question. A lot of us don't take the time to find out if this is really what's affecting me. Why? Because in this unnatural state that has been imposed upon us, like I said, that we think is natural, we've grown to love what we do. We've grown to love to be unnatural human beings, unnatural black people. We've grown to love it. We love our perversity. We love our immorality. We love our unethical uh, ways. We embrace them. And we can not only do we embrace it wholeheartedly, I mean, we will argue and fight physically about maintaining this corruptness, this debauchery and sickness that plagues us as a people because we become unnatural and have been confused to think that it's natural. Brothers and sisters, we're talking about the African, the black African here in America, nature versus African black social cultural influences. And is the black man predispositioned predispositioned to, and black woman, to behave in the manner that we're behaving? See, here's my problem with when we talk about the nature of a thing. When you begin to start to say, what is the nature of this? What is the nature of that? Two things happened to me. Like I was, you know, trying to tell a brother um, on the live, I was texting. They were reading too slow for me. One of the things, though, I was saying to the brother, um, I was saying is why we want to be careful is because when you mistake nature or use nature synonymous with culture, then you begin to take on the mind of supremacy. You begin to become a supremacist. What do I mean that you become a supremacist? If I say that, say I'm a Muslim, and I say that Islam is the nature 
of the African man, uh, woman here in America, uh, of America, or the black people, then what I initially am saying is that anything outside of Islam is unnatural for the black man and the black woman. So we have to be careful what we're labeling as nature of the black man and the black woman. And I can't stress that enough because a lot of us fall into this trap. We have to begin to, first, the understanding of what took place, what affected us as a people, what they did to us, and how it psychologically began to change us, and, and, and physically and emotionally and spiritually began to change us. And in changing us, our nature began to adapt in order to survive. And after the initial survival period had ended, then what did you have? You already had this plan put in place, this um, scheme, diabolical scheme at that, set in motion that even after the immediate survival, the threat of immediate annihilation, like from slavery being beat to death, whipped to death, or sold away, after that was removed from us, allegedly, after that was removed from us, we still had that plan in place, and we had generations birthed up under these unnatural conditions, like I was talking about that animal in the zoo, birth, birth into captivity, birth on dependency of its captain and oppressor, so its nature, our nature, began to change. Our nature began to change. No longer were we that lion craving for our freedom, missing the jungle that we roam through, missing the independence that is given to um, powerful, free entities or beings. You no longer, but when you're birthed into captivity and you're spoon-fed and you're taken care of, you no longer long for that. You no longer miss it. You begin to become complacent. You begin to, not only are you waiting for your oppressor to take care of you, you begin to look forward to it. Oh, you know what I'm talking about. I know people, and this is not a slight on my people. We do what we have to do to survive. This is what I'm talking about, nature. But how the nature has become so perverse to where it went from survival to, like I said, where you actually begin to look forward to. I know people who factor in their budget their food stamps. They're checking on everybody. I got the stamps coming. I can do this. I can, can factor that into a budget. And when you begin to get to that point where you're factoring these things into your budget, not for survival, but because it has become a means and a way of your life, then your nature has changed and you become dependent. And the nature has changed so much that you don't even realize that you have become dependent. And if someone tells you your nature has changed from that of a black man or a black woman, a lot of us in, in those instances will be ready to go to battle. We're ready to go to fisticuffs. Poor nature has become so perverse. You've become a people without a, uh, I'm not going to say a homeland, but a homeland that can be substantiated. A homeland that can be substantiated. What I mean by this, you know, some of us know we're from the continent of Africa, but really knowing what people, unless like I heard a comedian say one time, you go back and, and pay the same people who kidnapped you to tell you where they stole you from. You know what I'm saying? So you're a people without a land that can be substantiated. I've heard some people say we don't come from Africa at all. We're aboriginal. 
we're 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 native to these to the uh, landmass of the Americas, North and South America. We're native, so we don't come from Africa at all. Look at there are no other people in the world. And if someone knows of another, please press one and, and, and chime in and let me know. There's no other people in the world that argue about their ethnicity. There's no, I, I haven't run across them, and I, you know, and I travel extensively, and I run across a lot of people. I've never re- met a Chinese that was in questioning, questioning his Chineseism, a Jamaican, a Haitian, an Arab. I never met any people that question their place of origin even if they're second and third generation American, even if they're second or third generation American, I've never, that is a natural state. That is a natural state. When you talk about unnatural, you're talking about a species of people, a group of people. Listen to how serious this is, brothers and sisters. See, too often we sweep these things under the rug and we take them as like something small. You know, they'll tell me, Yanga, man, you still on that? Why are you talking about that? That was old. This is because of the crime committed, and not just the crime committed then, but the effect of that crime committed against the people. It is criminal. It is criminal to have a group of people, millions, what are we like, what are we like, 22 million over here now? To have millions of people not know who the hell they are. Not know their original language, not know their original names, their customs on their culture, their more ways and no ways, how to socialize with one another, any of those things. That in itself is criminal, and America should be held accountable for that. But in order for America to be held accountable for that or to even have some remorse for what they did, they should hold their head in shame. I can see why, what's his name, Colin Kaepernick. He's kneeling for police against police brutality. But the whole kneeling should be in protest of the crime perpetrated against us as African people. And we, you know, and, and singing and saluting the anthem and doing those things when you had this perpetrated against us. It's a crime, it's terrible. And so that's what my whole news is about. But to go back to initial, let me at least I digress because this is, I mean, I'm telling you why it's so touchy to me because as I walk amongst our people and I see our people doing what they do, just oblivious to the crime. I'm not saying weep about it every day, brothers and sisters. I'm not saying be moan and bed wet and cry and sissy poo and, and all this stuff. But what I'm saying is being forever conscious of it. This is the only way to begin to address the real nature or a nature. I can't even say we're at a point in time, too, that I can't even say the real nature, the real nature of the black man and the black woman here in America. What is that real nature? I can't even say that, but I can. what I will say is that in order we have to create a culture that addresses the nature that we have developed over here in America, on the shores of North America. And in the means and not only a social cultural understanding that addresses uh the name or that fits the very nature, but that addresses and begins to rectify those things that are destructive, even if it has become our nature. You see? 
because I believe nature can be nature can be changed. This is why we go through so many of the problems that we go through today. The first thing we must understand is that the white man's nature, the European's nature, is not like the black man's nature. And so in all our simulating, in all our trying to identify with, in all our trying to form this multicultural uh, uh, um, pluralism, I think Minister Justice was teaching me what they're calling it now, in this, in this society of pluralism, and all are trying to do these things, and with this perverse nature that we have, it has only caused us devastation and destruction. It has only caused us to lose our minds. Why do you think you see the crimes perpetrated against our people that you see perpetrated? And let me show you how nature, another example of how nature can be changed. Is there was a time when I was coming up, I can rem- I tell you, listen, if when we were watching the news when I was little and forced to watch the news and things would happen, automatically you could tell the race of the perpetrator. You could tell the race of the culprit, the person who had committed the crime. You could tell the race of them by the particular crime committed. There were certain things that black people just didn't do. There were certain things we didn't do. And now as time progresses and we assimilate more and more, find it hard to distinguish. You can't even watch the news and tell the race anymore, but we find it hard to distinguish between what is our way and what is their way. What is our way and what is their way? And when you find it hard to distinguish between the two, you begin to adopt their ways, and your body will bear witness. Your mind will bear witness. In fact, your spirit will bear witness that this is not conducive for you as an African here in America, as a black man and a black woman here in America. So we said, what is conducive, uh, Brother Yanger? What would be conducive there? Hey, man, I wish I had the answer. I wish I could sit here and definite and tell you emphatically what the answer is. But I believe, like I said earlier, that it is a process, and the answer will come out in the wash. We first just have to know what isn't the original nature. I'm not going to say the nature of the black man and the black woman here today in America because we have lost our mind. I see some people doing some things that, like I said, to me are unnatural. But that comes from a measure or, um, of consciousness, you know, just a measure, just a little bit. You know, but uh, aware, and when I say consciousness, I'm not using consciousness in the sense of being all-knowing, all, but conscious in the literal sense of being aware, conscious. You know, when you wake up out of your sleep, you're conscious. You're just, con- you're just aware. So using it in the sense of awareness. So me being aware, I understand that some of the behavior of our people are not natural. But the people behaving like this believe that it is natural. And this is what makes it easy for them to exercise a uh, certain measure of control over the African man and woman here in America. See, if they can get you to behave unnaturally and to think that it's natural, you reinforce the system of oppression. Why you begin to participate in your own demise, you begin to do things that contribute to your own destruction. This is what you do because this is the way, and that has become your nature. 
So the first step of it, like we we're saying, is to first begin to identify the original nature, the original nature of the African man and woman, a original nature. I'm not going to say the original nature, a original nature of the African man and woman. And once that is identified, that original nature being that of uh, positivity, that of production, that of empowerment, that of upliftment, that nature. I'm not talking about specific cultural practices at this point. I'm talking about identifying that nature, identifying the nature of survival and not just surviving but thriving because survival is what gets people to alter. That's what begins to evolve nature. In an effort to survive, the nature will evolve. So I'm not just talking about a survival. I'm talking about a thriving nature. And in order to build a nation that thrives, we must begin to search identify and embrace cultures that empower um, that empower so I'm doing a couple of things here that begin to empower us as a people and not so much and, and listen I know I'm going to have cats pressing one because I got to say this and I'm not talking about romanticism I'm not talking about that romantic shit excuse my language for the families listening. I'm not talking about trying to relive the glory days or ancient times. I believe that we should learn from them. I believe we should celebrate them. I believe we should acknowledge them. We should be proud of our accomplishments and achievements as a people. But to try to relive that, to try to rewind history to that, I, you know, in my personal opinion, I think it's unrealistic and I think it's romanticizing. Um, what romanticizing the whole black movement or the effort for empowerment, and at the same time, it's what I like to call escapism. See, it's easier to romanticize and to think about going back to ancient Kemet or ancient Africa when we had this and did that. That it's, it's escapism. It allows you to run from the work and to try to bask in the glory of former civilizations and the greatness of, of, of our ancestors and our predecessors without you individually doing the work, and that will never fly. So we must begin to take a culture, and even if it's from the ancient culture, to take from that the accomplishments and achievements, not to just enact them or to react them. I'm not talking about to react them, but I'm talking about to allow them to be fuel and motivation and inspiration for a culture for a culture that addresses the specific and particular nature of the black man and the black woman here in America. Why is that important? Because you and I have gone through a traumatic experience, brothers and sisters. It's not to be scoffed at or sneezed at. It's not a small thing. And what happens is you have these people that come over here, and they begin to try to make you and I feel bad for the atrocity that was perpetrated on us as a people They've tried to make you and I feel bad about it, and in a lot of instances, it begins to work. We begin to eat into it. Get your African brothers and sisters come over here from the continent, your brothers and sisters from the continent, because, well, you know, I believe that I'm African. You get our um, um, Haitian and Jamaican and other people uh, of the African phenotype, of the Negroid phenotype, the black, yeah, let me just go and say that, black people, 
You get black people to come over here and say, oh, you're so lazy. We come over here and we do this. You've been over here this time. You're lazy people. They scoffing and sneezing at the crime perpetrated against you. I love to tell them why I like to see your ancestors, your people, have survived the crime perpetrated against um, our ancestors who were stolen from the continent. I like to see your people still thrive through Jim Crow, segregation, the lynches, the murders, the intimidation, the outright terrorism visited upon black people here in America. I like to see your people do that and still thrive and achieve what we have achieved to invent and contribute to this society that has given us, given us nothing but its ass to kiss, has, we have the contributions that we've given to this society. I like to see your people do that. I'd like to see it. And I hate to say your people because we're all one people, but sometimes you have to let them know. Like I told you, brother, all our skin folk ain't our kin folk. So I tell them I'd like to see your people do that. So I don't allow them to scoff and laugh at or to belittle or downplay our contributions, nor the pain that we've suffered or the effects of the pain that we suffered. What you see us doing, brothers and sisters, what you see a lot of are the effects of, 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 of the pain. I've heard it called post-traumatic slave disorder. And it's real. And it is absolutely real. Excuse me. So in our effort to, so what we do is in our effort to advance as a people, I want us, that's why I said that was a great lie. I want us to begin to really look at and examine our nature. The nature of this new African. The nature of this new African. And what in your nature, if anything, but a lot of us, if we're honest, and this is what it's all about, if we're honest, what in your nature has been greatly influenced greatly influenced, and has you acting in such a manner that feels natural by Europeans, social, cultural influences. What in your very nature? This is the question. See, being a revolutionary is all about self-examination. I think too many times and too often it's easy for the so-called revolutionary to point the finger, to say what everyone else should be doing. If you do this, if you do that, if we do this and do that, then we'll be free without really examining themselves. And that's where the examination first starts. Because you can't be a clear guide. You can't point out clearly some of the things that affect us as a people if you haven't examined yourself because we're all sick. We're all sick. There's no way that you can have been over here and not been socially and culturally influenced and to do things that are detrimental, if not detrimental, even um not empowering to you or to others around you. You see, this is the dilemma that we live in. This is, this is the dilemma. And what's hard about it is not, you know, the difficult part to me about it, brothers and sisters, it's not so much that um, our natures have not only been changed but corrupted. It's not so much that we live unnaturally, thinking that we're living naturally. 
thinking that we're, you know, we've made the choices that we've made, that we do what we do, eat what we eat, because we're choosing this because it's natural to us. Believe me, you, you have been mentally manipulated, socially and culturally um, bamboozled into, into doing these things. But, but, you know, that's not the uh, greatest crime of it to me. I think that the greatest crime is not wanting to come out of an unnatural state. I think that's the greatest crime to me. Not wanting to come out of an unnatural state, getting comfortable in this unnaturalness that we have, our people have become so comfortable we're living unnatural and being unnatural that we think it's natural. I think that that is the crime. Listen, if you saw, how many times have you heard me tell you this? If you saw a dog meowing like a cat, meow, chasing mice and licking milk and culling up, purring up on you, brr, a pit bull, you would think something is wrong with that pit bull. You would know, you say, this is not normal. For a pit bull to behave like this, the pit bull thinks it's a pussy cat. It's not normal. And you would, if you didn't videotape it, you go get somebody who would show up because it would be, it would be the freakiest thing. Yet you don't think that it's freaky that you, an African, your black self, can't speak any African dialect. One, just give me one. I mean, and I'm not talking about a few words in Swahili. We can do that all day. I can, you throw me a few words, I can throw a few words in Zulu, Mandinka, and I can greet you in Mandinka. You know, Kumbe. You know, all this, I can, I, I can do that. I can, I can talk uh, uh, Mandinkan, a few words, but to have a working knowledge of the language, it's, it, uh, we don't have. And for you as an African to walk around here and not have a language, any African dialect, not have a style that reflects or resembles any part of Africa that you're from is a crime. It's a crime. It's unnatural. So don't go, that's why I said I want the brother to tell me, don't tell me what the nature of it, because that was my next question. Well, what is the nature of the black man and the black woman? Since you said that the black woman is not supposed to work all this time, what is the very nature and you'll find, and he began to talk about the the benefits of the mother staying home and, you know, how in the first years the children, and I agreed with him. But I'm, I'm saying I'm still waiting on the nature part of that. All of that to me sounds social, cultural. What is natural? We're living in a time now where we have to be so extremely careful on what we're calling the nature of the black man and the black woman like he went into because... He then began to go into manhood and womanhood. He talk about the nature of a thing. And that's why I said we have to be so careful because whose definition of manhood? Whose definition of womanhood? What are your standards you're going by when you talk about manhood and womanhood? Excuse me. What, are the, what, 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 what standards are you using? And so we find that when we talk about manhood and womanhood, like we talk about the very nature 
of a thing. You're, you're using, we're using for manhood the standards of Europeans. He said that it wasn't natural for the woman to work a nine to five or it wasn't natural for a man to do this or natural for a woman to do that. But when you're talking about, like I said again, the social and cultural influences, nature is the thing that ensures and guarantees your survival and the continuance of your race. So we can't say no longer should we hold European standards to manhood. Because the very standards that he's telling you defies a man, he prevents you from achieving. A man does this. A man does that. A man's a provider. I Hey, listen, I believe that. I believe that because I've been taught to believe that. The man provides for his family. Then the European keeps you from providing. So I guess you less than a man. The man's the protector. I believe that. I believe that because I've been taught to believe that. Then the cop comes and kills our children and kills Sandra Bland, kills our women, and your punk ass can't protect. So I guess you ain't a man. The man is this and that. And all of these things that the man is, and the same thing with the woman. The woman, you know, this European who doesn't like women says the same thing. And this is why we say it's unnatural for the woman to work it out. He said the woman shouldn't have to work. The woman should just take care of the children and this and that. It's unnatural for so you can't provide. And if she has to go to work because you got a felony, whatever reason, you're not working. If it's always a legit reason, you're not just because you're not working. You know what I'm saying? But then she goes to work, so she's not a woman now. She's unnatural because she had to work. The woman takes care of the children. So while she's working and you take care of the children, she's not a woman now? She's unnatural? Because she took it? No. We must stop holding and using European standards for manhood and womanhood, for natural and unnatural, because their whole thing, the nature of the black man and the nature of the white man are two different things. Our nature has been one, especially especially the black man and the black woman here in America, our nature has been one of survival. So if the sister has to work, I've never seen since her nature has become one of survival where a sister is not going to get up and do what she got to do to feed them babies. She going to do that. So don't tell me it ain't in her nature. Her nature is to feed them babies. Stop using what the Europeans said. And a woman takes care of the children. The nature of the black, and I say it again, and I constantly say it. And I thank the most high God for it. I thank the most high, I thank the most high for it, that he has given us a nature. This is one of the gifts of God, that he has given us a nature, that this nature will evolve and adapt to ensure and guarantee our survival and our continuance. And by that, so when we judge by that, then we are no longer held captive, nor held uh Victim to an oppressive society, and namely that being the goddamn white man. See, you're not held by that anymore, brothers and sisters. When you begin to create a culture that fits you, when you understand that your nature has been one of a survival nature, when you understand that, then you begin to create a culture that nurtures that. And not only then it takes that nature from being a nature of survival to a nature of thriving. But that's where the work comes in. 
at the risk of sounding redundant, what did I say? I said it wasn't an event to get to where we're at. I mentioned that wasn't an event. It was a process. And so it's going to begin. So the process begins. But a lot of us don't want to begin the process. We don't want to begin the process. It's easier. It's more familiar. It's more comfortable to slip into niggerism. Because niggerism is accepted. It's more comfortable to slip into niggerism. It takes work to evolve from the nigger state to rise up out of a nigger state and be that revolutionary type to be that positive black man and black woman that not only is an inspiration to the communities, to people who see him or her, but is also a factor in the change of the condition of black people in America. That takes work. Why? Because it starts with you. And after it starts with you, it starts in your household. And that's the tricky part because when it starts with you, so once you have to address yourself and you're looking at yourself, once you address yourself and you're looking at yourself, pardon me, I lost, I lost this for a minute. I don't know what's going on. Um, so I'm trying to get this back. So when we talk about this nature. When we talk about this nature of the black man and the black woman, when we talk about this nature, no, go back. Let me let me go back. Let me catch my thoughts again. We're talking about um, lost my thought here. When we talk about addressing it, and it starts with ourselves. And one of the reasons we we, we don't like to address it, and it's starting with ourselves, is because you have to address the illnesses and the sicknesses that have entered us and that we've begun to build a philosophy and ideology around. What do I mean by that? We have sicknesses that we begin to justify and accept as normal and begin to act on those sicknesses. So it starts with self, and then it starts at home. So when you're not even truthful with yourself, guess who's going to be truthful with you? Your spouse, your wife, the one closest to you. And she begins to see the unnatural state that you're in. And how can she see the unnatural state that you're in? Because you've been teaching and preaching about a natural state. You see? You've been teaching and preaching about the power of the black man and the black woman, about how great we were as a people, about our contributions to civilization, about all the wonderful things we have did and all the wonderful things we will do in the future, and you haven't, you're still behaving unnaturally. You're still caught up into niggerism, like I like to say, and the sister will point it out. And for you sisters on the line, the brother will point it out. And you can't stand it. You can't stand it. Because it's not as easy as you thought. That means that there's still work to be done. And here's the funny part about evolving to a revolutionary type, about being a brother, better brother and sister. Like I said before, it's a process. So you still have to live with, you still have to ride out the ill that you have placed in the universe before your enlightenment. Isn't that a bitch? 
isn't that a peace there that I still have to suffer some of the consequences that I did when I was in my nigger phase. And now I'm enlightened. And I would never do those things again, but guess what? You don't have the luxury, nor have you been given the gift or whatever that somebody's just going to forget the crimes perpetrated against them when you was a nigger. So the enlightened brother and sister understands that and have to live with it. They begin to understand we're talking about the African black nature versus African black social cultural influences. They begin to understand the nature that they're coming into, and this is why they must be patient, because they understand that they're coming into awareness. When I say consciousness, I speak of consciousness in the state of awareness. So I really don't like to use the word consciousness a lot because, you know, it's been misused. People, when you say conscious community or conscious, people think that that's synonymous with, like, knowledge. That it means you've arrived or something. Consciousness just means, like I tell everybody, when you wake up in the morning, you've regained consciousness. Don't mean you got your ass out of bed. Don't mean you're doing no work. It just means you opened your eyes and you, you, you're aware. So when I speak of consciousness, I'm talking about the awareness. So when they become aware that they were living unnatural and begin to take the action of living naturally, you must, in your awareness, in your awareness, you must be mindful that you have set some things in motion that have to see themselves through and that this will be a test of your commitment to black nationalism and empowering of black people and a test of fortitude and resolve. And a test of fortitude and resolve. And it's good because what that does is that begins to build a nature of commitment, fortitude, and resolve. You see, you can't be in awareness and still have some of the nigger traits and say that you're aware and you're trying to change the nature or you, you, you have this new nature, this, uh, this empowered nature, this African nature, and not be willing to rectify the conditions that you help set in motion. Impossible. Impossible. So, sorry. So we, so we, we begin to uh, look at these things. We must begin to look at these things and embrace these things. That's why I said when we talked about initially the whole concept of uh, the nature versus culture, I believe that nature can be changed. I believe that nature can be changed. And I believe that nature is changed due to social and cultural influences. Listen, you're listening to the People's Black Panther Party for Self-Determination. I'm your brother, National Chairman Yang Nkrumah. Blog Talk Radio, the people's talk. It's an opportunity for us to share. I appreciate everyone chiming in and spending their Wednesdays with us. I know that we flipped it. We usually come on Tuesdays, but we're here on Wednesday, and I appreciate everyone taking their time out, changing their schedule to listen in. 
because this is super important. And one of the reasons I'm glad people listened in, and I'm not doing all the hollering that I usually do. I'm not having a sermon like I usually have because I wanted people to really hear this. I didn't want to get into the and all of that stuff. I wanted people to really hear this because I want us to think on this because this is something serious. When you're talking about the nature of a thing, when you're talking about the very nature of a thing and how that the nature of that thing has been changed and perverted to where it, that thing, and that thing I'm speaking of, brothers and sisters, you and I, will begin to contribute to and participate in our own destruction, thinking that it's natural. And the reason that this is in effect, and one of the reasons in effect, is because our people, I mean, not our people, because people capitalize off capital. That's where they capitalize off your misery, misfortune, and ignorance. Bad decisions. So they have to keep promoting and pushing this in your face so that you will make those decisions. And they can continue to get rich and get fat. Let us go back to a natural state, brothers and sisters. Let us go back to a natural state. That's the only way to ensure our survival. But in order, we must first begin to define what a natural state looks like for us as Africans here in America and create the social and cultural conditions, teaching, teachings, and actions and interactions that, will, uh, that are conducive for an empowering nature. An empowering nature. So, that's what we have to do. So with that, my dear brothers and sisters, I didn't program my, my program for long because I knew it was Wednesday. We were coming on um, some coming on, so we got a few more minutes. I open, I give, like I said, give everyone an opportunity to come into, open the floor to, and allow it to be. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm just sitting here listening. Looking, uh, allow it to be open for any comments, discussion, critiques, or criticisms. That's what we're here for. That's what we're here for. So, with that, like I said, I didn't program it long. Let's see. Let's go to our phone lines real quick. Area code seven five seven four five six one. Your mic is open. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Peace, my brother. What's going on? Peace, brother. What's going on, Abashi? Hey, man. I'm doing uh, a little late, but uh, just, I didn't catch much. I was trying to uh, see if you could go back over your topic and catch me up on. <laughs> oh, we were just talking about the nature of, and then here's the thing, Abashi. Because I said it for, um, and, and by the way, everybody listen, this is my good brother, Abashi, man. He started this program, I think it's wonderful. I got to shout him out because I've had an opportunity. Unfortunately for me, man, the program is on Tuesdays. Um, and I, so I, but I get to get the hour. I'm always blessed enough and fortunate enough to be able to get an hour of it in with the other brothers, working with some young brothers, man. And when I talk about just raw material, brothers walk, working with the raw material, dealing with the brothers, man, and I think it's a, um, a wonderful thing. I'm going to try to convince you to move it from Tuesdays one day. Are you going to make me move my program? <laughs> Work something out about me. But, um, no, man, the brother got some wonderful things going. What we're talking about, Abasi, though, is we're talking about 
nature versus culture. And the uh, one of the things I heard somebody, we're talking about can the, the nature of black people be changed? You know what I'm saying? And I was saying that I believe it can due to social and cultural influences, that the nature of black people can be changed. And one of the things I use an example of, like the lion in the zoo, when they catch the initial lion, that lion is free. But as he has children, uh, as that lion begins to have children in captivity and generations and generations, the nature of that independent lion, that king of the jungle changes into a dependent uh, captive. And if you take that dependent lion, if you take that lion that has been genera- uh, that has been raised in the zoo, its parents was raised in the zoo, and its parents' parents' parents was raised in the zoo, and put it back in the wild, it'll die because it no longer has that wild nature. It no longer has that nature of independence, that ferocious nature that makes it the king of the jungle. Why, it's only a, basically a bit pussycat. You know, in captivity, waiting to be fed. So that's what that's one of the things that we were talking about. Okay, um, that I like that. I, I like that uh, perspective. Interestingly, I'm gonna have I'm gonna have to agree with you and say uh, our nature can be changed because if we look at it uh, from a Eurocentric perspective. That is exactly what they did. They changed our nature to, as, as I like to say, to fit their desired manner through a lot of things like social engineering. So they, uh, I actually think for us to get back to our, can I use the word civilized mind or culture mind if we have, we have to switch our mentality back to the way it was before European invasion. Does that make any sense? Yeah. Makes plenty of sense. Makes plenty of sense. Because that's, you know. I mean, and, and, and arguably that's what I love to talk about because that's what we're dealing with. We're dealing with how our everything, the way we talk, the way we, I would say, the way we walk, the way we chew, everything down to, I would say, down to the most minuscule thing was altered and changed to fit that system's way of thinking and um because when you look at the youth, it's like, when we go from, this all a little bit ahead of my time, like the, the, the cool in the game, and now when we go from the like the cool in the game mentality or the way they, they were, or, or the temptations, the way the temptations presented music, and then look at the way now, yeah, look at the way now that we are perceived and the way we view ourselves through the, because the word, to me, the word culture, it gets thrown around, and we deviated from our true culture. But if we look at it, because I hear the rapper say all the time, this rap culture, this rap culture, this rap culture. And if we look at the, 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 the genre of music and how they behave now, look at the mentality of the people now. It's like going back to what I was saying, like the cool in the game temptations uh, perspective. So now it's like the brothers don't even like women anymore. The disrespect, the the the, the hatred, the way they talk. I'd say they. I would argue they even like women anymore. I know that's right, man. I know that's right. Well, it, it, it it'll make you question it. It will make you que- It will make you question it. How they get out, you know. So it would definitely make you question it. Well, listen. About, let me go to my phone line real quick in our last couple minutes. And man, I don't know what we're gonna do, man. Um, 
about getting you on this program because I really want to have you on here one day and we talk about that that program that you're doing. Okay. And it sounds good. All right, Abbas, so I'm going to put you – actually, I'm going to leave your mic open in case you want to say something, man. And I'm going to go to uh, our phone lines. I believe this is Chairman Griffin. Chairman. Blessings, Honorable Chairman. How are you doing today, sir? Blessings, Black I'm Power, well, all to Black hey, Power, I do no want to ask you. Yes, sir. And uh, blessings to you, brother, that spoke. Um, man, that was powerful. Honorable Chairman, I do want to go back to what you were saying as it deals with the household and the wife. And I concur yeah. on everything you said. Everything was accurate, you know, and I felt like I grew. But I'd like to get a clarification on this here. So how does one deal with rejection when you are presenting the truth wholeheartedly, sir? How how, how do you endure and keep standing with rejection, sir, as as it deals with that? Man, it's tough. It's it's that's a tough one. You know, when when you're talking about and like I said, going back to this nature, uh and it's, and it's an unnatural nature that has become natural to us because we live it. But go back, and we're, we're going back, and you're dealing with this nature of um, of black men and black women. And now we're talking about black men. If I got sisters in the last and y'all can chime in. But the, the social cultural influences on our black women and on the world, not even just black women, but on the world, towards the black men has not been one of positivity. So not only you can be presenting the truth, you can be saying that sincere in everything you say, but not only are you dealing with the sister, is she talking to you? She's talking to all black men. And that is hard. That is hard. It's hard to keep. Black power. Black power. All power to the people, sister. As Dr. Justice, is Chairman, um, Brother Chairman, you still on? Yes, ma'am, I am. All honest to you, Brother Sister, Honorable uh, Chairman. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. He, he must have he must have fell off, uh, or, or we got a bad connection, Brother Chairman. Yes, ma'am. Well, uh, I was talking to our national, but um, it doesn't really matter. You know, what I have to say, this is Dr. Justice. Yes, ma'am. And, you know, yes, what ma'am. I've seen, I, I think uh, I was telling the chairman, you know, um, how it just broke my heart when I really realized that there are women who will walk away from their kids and everything and, 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 and don't care no more. It was like, well, who's going to care about our children? You know, and, and and there's women like that. Like, we live in such an unnatural state. How does, how does a woman go against her own natural self, her own nature, and decide that she, she doesn't want to deal, she don't want her kids, you know? Yes, or or uh, you, you also have uh, women. You can hear some of the things that I hear come out of women's mouths, and I'd be just, I'd be shocked. Like, you would really say that about yourself? So I mean, yes, I think we, I, I think we need, um, we need separation. We need total separation from this demon colonist oppressor in order to be able to get back to our African minds. That's what the uh, I heard uh, Brother Obasi say. You know, um, about our African minds, we really do need to get away from these people because our children are turning into monsters. It's just too much. Um, 
Uh, Black Power, um, I would like to. Okay, brother, I don't know um, exactly what you were asking. You know, I, I don't know exactly what you. But, but honorable, if you if you allow me to to clarify what I'm saying, so you can just give me the understanding that I need, is that like sure. okay, and I and this, I accept everything, the blessings that was given for us, the awakening when it comes to clarification of knowledge. I do accept everything, and I subject myself to correct myself accordingly. But how long? I mean, I know the fight never ends. We live to die. And so I'm going to keep living for the cause because I know it's valuable because, you know, all our lives are valuable. And I do understand that, and I accept that. But as the uh, Honorable Brother Ward tell me, you know, it's that transferring out of myself in for, you know, not a sense of pain but arrogance, I, I guess, you know, pride comes for destruction in a sense. You know, how do I? The one thing you can always, I, I always use as a gauge is if I'm in a situation and I'm in pain, either I'm, I'm, I'm growing. I'm growing because right. that's the only way we grow. You know, uh, I'm, um, Brother Chairman, I want to defer to you because you have like 14 minutes left. Uh, are, you, are you on, Brother Chairman? Brother National? Brother Yanger. Brother Chairman. Can you Brother Yanger. Okay, Can you I got me? you down. Yes, I got you okay, down. Okay, okay. Okay, absolutely. Well, you know, one of the things, though, brother, I would say when you talk about this, and you talk, is that your phone, Chairman Griffin? You might have put it on mute for a minute. Yeah, oh, yes, sir. I, I hear a lot of noise in there. Okay, no, noise in the back. Yes, sir. Who is that, Bossy? Is that you? You might have to put it on mute for a second. Okay, 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 but. Um, you know, that's a box. He stay busy. One of the things that I wanted to no, no, I was on mute, bro. <laughs> oh, okay. I don't know who that was. That was just a lot of noise in the background. Um, one of the things, though, one of the things when you're talking about that, and you're talking about dealing with spouses and dealing with other people, I, you know, and here's, the, here's, here's my advice. It's only advice, in my opinion. One, you have to ask yourself, so I think in the Bible, the Bible says, talks about being unevenly yoked. You know, you have to ask yourself, first about yourself, am I growing? Am, am, am I sincerely trying to grow? Sincerely. Not to get information, to beat someone down, to belittle someone, or to practice supremacy, which is a European trait, to think that I'm better than someone or above them. Am I sincerely growing for my personal benefit and the benefit of all African people and starting with the African people right here in my locale, in my, in my nation? Secondly, after asking myself this, then I begin to ask myself, does my spouse want to grow? Is she trying to evolve out of niggerism into the revolutionary type? Is she trying to get back to an original natural state? one that is beneficial and conducive positivity and growth. And if she is, what am I doing to help her do that? See, I'm constantly reiterating the point that it is a process because we can't get this awareness, come in some enlightenment and think we're going to come in there with a book on our arm, you know what I'm saying? And then Mm. magically everybody in our circle 
is going to change. It's a process. So, okay, I say, okay, my wife, is she trying to change it? Now, what am I doing to facilitate that? And in my facilitating that, guess what? Like I was talking about earlier, here's the sad truth about it. We have done some things and niggered them that have left some bad taste, that have set a bad ball in motion, and it's going to take time for that to play itself out. The same energy that we put into setting that bad shit out there, you know, we take, it's going to take that energy and more to revert. Listen, it's like rolling a rock downhill. You know, now you're conscious. You got to get in front of the damn rock and begin to push it back uphill. So not only do I got to get in front of this boulder and take a chance of getting flattened, once I stop the boulder at my own expense, I have to begin the strenuous task of pushing this boulder back uphill. And a lot of us profess to be revolutionary and not really ready for that task. I know I'm not talking to mm. my chairman, Chairman Griffin, because I know he's ready, but a lot of us are not ready for that. So that's where the compassion comes in. That's where we realize, especially when we're dealing with our mate, what have I done to cause this type of behavior? See, I want to be the one to lead her and for women to lead him into salvation, but what have I done to lead them into damnation? Mm. You know what I'm saying? And it's about consequences of, of, of our actions. And a lot of us, we want to do, you know, like I said, we love escapism and romanticism. We want to do like we just got baptized. We want to go down and come up and everything just be magically okay. Now, you got to face that ugly. You know, and, that, and that's what we're facing. I hope that answers some of it, uh, Chairman Griffin. Brother Yang. Yes, sir. I like, uh, I want to uh, expound a little bit on what you were saying. I think when it comes to like, can you hear me? Yeah, I can. Okay. Also, also I, I would say we have forgotten, we don't, we're not asking, does this person, does my spouse fit my purpose? Are, are, are we building with a revolutionary purpose? Or are we building in that nick in that niggadom, as you would say? Are we yeah. uh do does my wife fit my purpose? Am I truly looking for am I am I looking to rear my children into African thinking warriors or am I just wanting to set up and play revolutionary? I think we kinda also deviated from how we're picking our mates. We're not picking with a African point of view in mind anymore. That's right. That's right. You want to say something, Chairman Griffin? Well, I go back to the Honorable Miss, you know, what she said for us, you know, you have to set the pack, especially you, uh, you know, especially when you're talking about being good stewards of the seeds that God gave you to provide, you know what I'm saying, a purpose for our people on this land and giving up on them. First of all, you know, you, you have to honor and correct yourself accordingly. You know what I'm saying? And overstanding that and be good stewards of the knowledge you got to provide the whole masses of the group to a higher level. I accept that totally. That opened my eyes to the fullest. And honorable chairman, to everything you said, you know, the weight comes back on the sincerity and the level of what we're trying to provide for our people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We mean so we can bear the burden. And honorable brother, I understand completely what you're saying for us. Are we striving? 
in the beginning as we seek a relationship for one that just, you know, is just favored to Africanism for our people. And, you know, me, I just search for a good woman, someone that can provide, help, teach, you know, just as equally as I can. If, you know, someone that can pick her in of the table and carry, and I believe, you know what I'm saying, in, in, in all aspects for as the marriage, you know, and fighting, when we fighting you because we we at war constantly, especially as a people. And for us, are fighting to keep it, yeah, you know, and that solidifies everything else because we're going to fall short of some battles. And yeah. so that's what I received tonight, um, Chairman. I appreciate, you know, everything because I feel like you said when you when you put that energy in there and you know it's like the energy to cure, you know what I'm saying, what we're going through as a as a people and as 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 as, as a family personally, you know, you are a leader. You know what I'm saying? I don't know how nobody else feels, but man, I love you, sir. I love yes, you, sir. man. I you know, and, and, and and I believe in what we're doing. So, you know, my, my ears and my spirit and my soul is open for correction in, in, in the righteous direction. So everything that I receive, sir, I, 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 everything that answers to me, sir. So I just got to put it into action. Yes, sir, Brother Chairman. Yes, sir. And I appreciate I appreciate the love. I'm going to tell you, like uh, my minister, Justin, told me, Gil Scott told her, it's good to be loved. It's good to be loved. Yes, sir. So I appreciate all the love receiving from the um, – from the people and from the party, man. But that's it, man. You know, it's just all about effort. It's all about trying. It's all about, like I said, and you know my philosophy in life is African communalism. Together, there's nothing we can't accomplish. Individual Individuality ensures certain death and destruction for us as a people. And, and, and what this is is an opportunity just for brothers to learn and grow. And nothing comes overnight. But what I would tell any brother that if they have a mate, if they have a wife, and especially if they're coming into uh, knowledge of self, awareness, where many translate as consciousness, then also practice the art of patience, patience, and more patience. They say in Arabic, you know, for those that know me, know my background is a Muslim. Uh, in the Quran, Allah says, Fasbid Sabr and Jalehun. Uh, means patience with a beautiful patience. And they say, what is the beauty in patience? The beauty in patience is more is being patient with your patience. You know what I'm saying? You got to be patient with the patience. So you even got to be more patient than your patience. So when we come into this acknowledgement, when we come into this, uh, uh, this enlightenment, and we're embarking on it, not only do we have to become teachers, which everybody wants to be a teacher, but we have to become an example. And that's a little more difficult to become a teacher because a, a teacher can regurgitate some information and some knowledge. But actually becoming an example means you have to live that life. Listen, with that, brothers and sisters, and I appreciate everyone for coming on Wednesday and, and sharing that Wednesday with me, but I'm going to leave you as I greeted you. All power to oppressed people, African power to an African people, and black power. Black power, all power to the people, honorable chairman. One time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
Yo, all I need is one mic, one beat, one stage, one nigga front my face on the front page. Only if I had one gun, one girl, and one crib, one God to show me how to do things his son did pure. Like a cup of virgin blood mixed with 150.